I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Get your coffee and your Bible and join me as I think with my mouth open. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another fabulous day in the Lord's neighborhood. I'm Paige, your caffeine-imbued host, and here is my... Oh, wait, there's, there's no coffee here. I forgot it. But that doesn't negate the fact that in the beginning, coffee and low, it was very good. Well, today is Monday, which means it's the day of the week that I comment on some doctoral topic, I believe, and it's February. And this month's topic is, what do I believe about Jesus? Last week, I did a podcast on the New Testament, specifically the Gospels, why they're reliable. If you don't believe that the Gospels are reliable documents to draw from, then of course you're not going to believe anything I'm about to say here today. If you don't believe that the Gospels are reliable when subjected to textual criticism, you're not going to believe anything I'm here to say today. Because I do believe the New Testament is reliable. I do believe the Gospels are incredibly reliable. And I do believe that they provide us all the information we need about Jesus. Again, and I'm repeating this, if you do not believe that the Gospels are reliable documents to draw information from, you're not going to believe anything I'm going to say. So from this point on, I'm assuming that all who are listening are in agreement with me that the Gospels are historical documents that are reliable and give us good information. I'm drawing a lot of information from today's podcast from a book called Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. Oh, you need to get that. There is so much good information in there. And I'll be drawing a little bit from another book called The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah by Edersheim. It's a harmony of the Gospels that he wrote in the 1800s. So let's get started with a couple of quotes. Quote number one, regardless of what anyone may personally think or believe about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in the history of Western culture for almost 20 centuries. Okay, that's kind of easy to understand. Whether or not you believe who he is, you cannot you can't deny the fact that he's had incredible influence through the last 2,000 years. Now, here's a couple of quotes from some opponents who don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Self-defined atheist in Jesus' seminar, fellow Robert M. Price wrote, an article critiquing an earlier edition of this chapter in Josh's book. He believes there's no evidence that Jesus ever claimed to be divine. Skeptic Robert or Bart Ehrman says, the concept of deity was ambiguous in Jesus' day. <sighs> really? Wow. He believes that Jesus was not originally considered to be God in any sense at all. <sighs> of course I don't believe these two, these two folks. But of course, I, I'm not surprised that they said what they did because, well, they don't believe the New Testament's reliable. And of course, they're going to believe what they did because 
when you move the New Testament out of the equation, there's not much there, is there? Hmm. Suffice it to say, I do believe. I can trust the New Testament. So what does the New Testament report? Well, here's a quote from Mark's Gospel. But he kept silent and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power, coming from the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and says, What further need do we have of a witness? You've heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death because he claimed to be the Son of God. Now, that's out of Mark's Gospel. You see, at this trial, Jesus was addressing Jewish scholars who would recognize exactly what he claimed as an electrifying claim, and he quoted Daniel. They would recognize the fact that he was saying he was God. A gentleman by the name of Linton says, we began to see the vital importance of the interrogation during Jesus' trial. Linton was a trial lawyer, by the way. Unique among criminal trials is this one in which not the actions but the identity of the accused is the issue. The criminal charge laid against Christ, the confession or testimony, all are concerned with Christ's real identity. Trials usually revolve around something somebody's done, trying to prove their innocence or their guilt. Jesus' trial circles all around one question, his identity. Who was he? He didn't do anything bad deserving execution. But if they could convict him of blasphemy, then they could get a death sentence. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And again, they began to pick up stones to stone him. And he says, why are you picking up stones to kill me? What are you doing? And he said, oh, it's not for good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself equal to God. They knew what he was meaning. Jesus answered in John chapter 5, My father's been working until now, and I've been working. And again, they sought to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. There was no ambiguity in the words of Jesus. In his opponent's eyes, they knew exactly what he was saying. He was claiming to be God. In John chapter 8, the Jews said to him, You're not 50 years old. You've seen Abraham. And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. That's a title for God. Remember when Moses was in the wilderness? And he's asking, having a conversation with God. And he says, Who shall I say sent me? God says, Tell them, I am sent you. That's a title for God. And Jesus took that title upon himself. They understood clearly what Jesus was saying about himself. No clearer implication of divinity is found in the gospel tradition. We say that Jesus was claiming divinity. His accusers understood him to be claiming divinity. The message was clear. Jesus was declaring himself to be God. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis, which I think is fabulous. He says, I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I like Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That's the one thing we must not say. A man who is merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher.
He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Jesus didn't leave us the option of choice as to his identity. One other thing I found particularly fascinating when I was uh, reading through Edersheim's book, The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah, he goes into a situation where Jesus healed lepers. And this particularly incensed the religious leaders of his day. And I always used to wonder why that was. <laughs> Simply because in Jewish thinking, leprosy was a judgment straight from the hand of God upon a man or a woman for their sins. And since they believed that, they had no medicinal approach to caring for it. They had no prayers. They had no ceremonies. They would not interfere with what they saw was a work of God in their eyes. God gave you this. And only God can heal you of this. The only person that could heal leprosy was God. Enter Jesus. So when Jesus healed lepers, in addition to his direct verbal affirmations of his own divinity, there can be no doubt as to who he was saying he was. Only God can heal lepers. That's their own testimony. And here was Jesus healing lepers. I see no doubt here as to who Jesus thought he was. People many times try to straddle the fence in this issue of who Jesus is, that he was a great man, a great leader. He fought for the rights of the poor. He fought for the rights of the downtrodden. Well, okay, but the truth is, Jesus was much more than that. He was God. And if you don't believe that, then you're not part of the historical Christian faith. You can't be a Christian without believing that Jesus is God. My mind is boggled sometimes at the lengths that people will go to declare their affinity with Jesus and yet deny his claims to be God. The implications are simple. If you believe that Jesus is not God, simply a good man executed for doing good things, then you can effectively dismiss much, if not most of what the Bible says, and live your life on, on your own terms. If, however, you believe as I do that Jesus is God, then every word he speaks is important. The New Testament becomes vital. You will be called to make the choice between this world and God. See, as C.S. Lewis said, if Jesus was lying, he's the most evil man on the face of the planet because he started a movement that's gone on for 20 centuries based on a lie. If he was sincere, but just mistaken, then we're following the claims of a madman, someone who's insane. That's what C.S. Lewis is getting at. He said he'd either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg or else he'd be the devil of hell himself. You must make your choice. And that's our choice. If Jesus truly is God, then every word he speaks has incredible gravitas. Every word he speaks, everything he does that's recorded in the Gospels is important. We must pay attention. That's the thing about Jesus. He forces the question, do you believe in God? Believe also in me. You want to see the Father? You see me. You've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Before Abraham was, I am. Go tell them what you see. The lame walk, the blind see, the lepers are healed. Jesus had no doubt about who he was. Those people who are trying to get around being accountable to God for their sin, they're trying to find another way around this whole thing. If they can just redefine who Jesus is, there's their answer. And that's really no answer at all. Jesus is God. And he forces a question. Who do you say I am? He told Peter that once. Peter, 
who do others say I am? Oh, some people say you're Elijah. Some people you say you're the great prophet. He said, Peter, but who do you say I am? He says, well, I believe you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Hmm. That's a good place to stop. I'm Paige, and I'm out of here. Have a great week. Bye-bye.